Let's turn to the Gospel of Matthew this hour. I'm just thinking it would have been good to have known as much about the scriptures and have hadn't studied them for 40 years when you first start preaching. <laughs> but that doesn't happen that way. But the trouble is when you get older, you don't remember as well. So they sort of equal each other out <laughs> in that. And so looking at the Gospel of Matthew, I know maybe three times in 40 years we've been through Matthew. And we're, we've left off from the question. Well, really, it, it really goes together, the whole theme of Matthew and the ministry of the Lord, then coming to verse 37 of chapter 23 that we preached in the morning service from 20, 37 to 39. The end of chapter 23, the Lord said, that's it. You've had your opportunity. Too late. Your house is left to you desolate. They, because they knew not the time of their visitation. And that's so true about us. If God is working in our lives and he opens the door, we need to take the opportunity while it's there. Young or old, wherever we are in our lives. And uh, the Lord said, you've missed your opportunity and you won't see me till you shall say, in verse 39, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And then the disciples naturally said, well, what's going on? What are you doing? I think they were finally getting it that he was going to die. That is, as he said he would. And uh, they asked the question then, I sat on the Mount of Olives in verse 3 of 24. Remember, these chapter divisions weren't there when it was written. <coughs> but it, it helps us to find them quickly and to, to keep the subject matter in mind of what they're talking, what the Bible's talking about. But tell us, tell us when these sh things shall be and what shall be the sign of the coming, the end of the age. And so then the Lord Jesus proceeded as he was seated on the Mount of Olives where they asked that question um, to tell them the second part of that and Luke gives the other as we've mentioned the answer to this question and verses 4 right through to the end of chapter 24 verse 51 you've got the Lord telling them and warning them and he said in verse 30 or 36 to the end of chap chapter 24 watch you know not when the Lord comes and uh, he will appoint those who aren't ready a place with the hypocrites, cut them asunder. We really didn't look at much at verse 44 to 51. <clears throat> cut them asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened. And then in chapter 25, he continues the discussion, but he's not answering the question so much now, but he's adding further to it. And we started with this last week about the ten virgins. There's the parable of the ten virgins, the parable of the talents, and then the, it's not a parable, the verse 31 to follow, the end of the chapter, the, of the judgment of living people on planet Earth at the time that Jesus comes. And it's going to be a horrible time for those people that are the goats that are mentioned there. And so, and, and the first one, the virgins, directed toward Israel preach during the tribulation time get ready verse 15 to 28 directed toward the church we can take up application from all of them 
And uh, if you've got a talent, use it or lose it. Um, don't, abuse it don't abuse it on yourself. And then verse 29 and following you have there in, oh, sorry, <laughs> verse 31 to the end of the chapter of the judgment of Gentiles. So he's speaking to the Jew, the church and the Gentile. And last week as we began the service and looking at the ten virgins, we, we went to Corinthians and looked at that verse that talks about give no offence neither to the Jew, to the church or to the Gentile, the three divisions of humanity as in the church age. And that makes it easy as you read the scriptures to, to see who he's speaking to. So you have the parable of the ten virgins, the marriage call, verses 1 to 5. And we must distinguish between the marriage of the lamb and the marriage supper of the lamb, just as we do in a wedding. Um, you have the service and then you have the supper. And this is uh, what we're speaking about here. This is, uh, they're invited to come to the supper. <laughs> The service is happening in heaven at the time that these people have been invited. The, the, get, the, the marriage of the Lamb is come. Aris tense is finished. When Jesus comes, as Revelation tells us, it, uh, the service will have happened and the supper will start. So you have the heavenly groom mentioned there and the Holy Ghost. And last week we were emphasizing the ministry of the Holy Spirit. They're depicted with the oil, <clears throat> five were five, wise, five were foolish. And we didn't finish this parable last time. We had a lot on last Sunday evening. And while the bridegroom carried, they all slumbered and slept as where we got to. <laughs> they neglected the spirit of God in not having the oil in their lamps, the oil in their life, the oil representing the Holy Spirit. And they neglected the Son of God in verse 5. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. The, the bridegroom, the Lord Jesus, they slumbered and slept. Let's pray and uh, trust you understand where we're at in this parable. Thank you, Lord, for giving these parables to help us to comprehend, understand what your plan is. Lord, you've given your servants wise words, words of warning, words to stir us up to walk the Christian life as we ought to walk, and not to please ourselves, but to please the bridegroom, to please our master, to please our Lord, to please our Saviour. And Lord bless us tonight as we endeavour to, and with all our energy, serve you and to study your word. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> question is, have we got the oil? <laughs> the oil. Trust your lamp's not leaking either. <laughs> driving, I can't help, this is my life and personal experience, but driving a machine, you're always keeping your eye on the gauges. And most of them have to do with oil. The gearbox, the turbocharger, the engine, they've got gauges, of, and if that oil drops, most times on a, on, a, on a dose that goes slow, you can smell it. Gearbox, engine, <laughs> you can tell the different smells of the oil. 
And uh, look, if we haven't got the oil of God, uh, it's not going to leak. He's, he's not going to leak out. <laughs> We're not going to lose the oil. But if we haven't got the oil, we need to get the oil of the Holy Spirit by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he comes and he lives and dwells within inside of us. And we mentioned but didn't go to these verses. Let's look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 9. Romans chapter 8 and verse 9. <clears throat> it directly tells us that we are, when we are saved, we do have the Holy Spirit of God. And if we haven't, we're not saved, we're not Christians. If, if we can read the Word of God and it doesn't make sense, there is something wrong. In verse 9 of chapter 8, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. Who promised that the Spirit would come, particularly in the Gospel of John? The Lord Jesus kept saying, he shall come, he shall come, and when he has come, and he can't come until I go, and all those things. And it happened at Pentecost, that's when the church started. And ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God, the oil, dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, clearly states he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Let's go to another portion of scripture. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 13. <clears throat> and because last week we're trying to rush to get to the end and we didn't anyway, <laughs> we read these verses we didn't read. And chapter 12, verse 12, we'll start. For as the body is one and the, hath many members talking about the church and all the members of that one body being many are one body so also is Christ a lot of members of our body so is the church so is Christ for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body whether we be Jews or Gentiles whether we be bond or free and have been all made to drink into one spirit plainly spelt out in scripture that we need to be a wise virgin, have the Holy Spirit. Now, should we, should we fall down and pray that we get the Holy Spirit? No. Should we want, a, as it were, a second blessing that they talk about in times past? No. If you want a blessing of the power of the Spirit, do what we've preached five sermons on. Obey. Obey the Word of God and you get... The, the, presence of the, and the, the presence of the Spirit, and the closer we get to the Lord in that, in obedience then, the more filled with the Spirit we are. We get the Holy Spirit by salvation, and we get the fullness of the Spirit by obedience. And so a disobedient Christian praying for the fullness of the Spirit is not going to happen. We need just to obey, and the Lord will fill us with his power, with his presence, and it will be seen. The oil will be there. We, we won't have half-filled lamps. We'll have full lamps. Uh, so neglect not the Spirit and neglect not the Son of God. And this is where we were at last week. In verse 5, as we mentioned, Matthew 25, while the bridegroom tarried, 
they all slumbered and slept. They were neglecting the Son of God. And remember, we concluded with don't go to sleep on the job. They all went to sleep, those that had oil and those that didn't have oil. And it's so, so true of so many of us and of them that we go to sleep on the job. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 26. Back in the book of Hebrews 10 and 26. <clears throat> Neglecting the Son of, the, of God, for if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sin. They can't be helped if they reject the Son, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment shall suppose ye shall be thought worthy of who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant with which he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace, rejecting the Spirit Spirit and rejecting the Son is a dangerous thing. And verse 34, it's fearful, 31, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Over in the book of Romans chapter 13, <clears throat> Romans 13 and verse 11 and 12, it says, And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to what to do? <laughs> to awake out of our sleep. Now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. And the night is fast spent, the day is at hand. Put off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light, the Lord has said. And 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 29. 1 Corinthians 7, 29. It reads there. <clears throat> but this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth therefore that both they that have wives be as though they had none. And I believe we covered this. They that weep as though they wept not. They that rejoice as though they rejoice not. And uh, <clears throat> they that buy as though they possess not. The new car you've got, don't let it... It's not wrong to have a new car, but it's wrong for the car to have you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> as though they possess not. And they that use this world is not abusing it. The fashion of this world passes away. And so <clears throat> let's concentrate. Let's concentrate on the Lord and his work. Let's be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's be ministering for his glory. Doing his work. Don't go to sleep on the job. Uh, <clears throat> you'll get fired as it's as we mentioned last week so many start making excuses and saying well lord when i've done this and when i've done that i know according to the scripture that on judgment day for christians for believers there'll be some sad hearts they neglected doing what God wanted them to do. We neglected doing what God wanted. We neglected the opportunities. And Luke 14 tells us about the experiences of people, or the excuses, sorry, of people. That, you know, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And when we've done that in our life, what happens? Or oh, something else becomes more important than God and his work. Something else becomes more important than the Son of God who saved us and created us. Oh, that don't, don't let it happen in your life. Young people, you've got all the opportunities before you. And the midnight cry was made, and it said in verse 6, And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. 
I'm glad they don't do weddings like that now. <laughs> it's by invitation and date set and time set and the place is set. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Can you being a, imagine being aroused to get ready for a wedding in a, in, a, in a moment's notice, as it seems to be here, as the guests were aroused? Someone or something cried out, Behold! <laughs> and there are those that are spiritually asleep to God's word and his plan, and behold, they will be caught napping and sleeping in the day that he comes. Don't be willingly ignorant of these things. Study them out. And the Lord is saying that in the first, the, the, these two parables here, the parable of the talents and the parable of the ten virgins. Don't go to sleep on the job. They're not a spiritually awake to the things of God's word. Verse 7, we read, or verse 6, no, verse 7, Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. So what do they all do? They arose and trimmed their lamps. I noticed this morning, I tapped on a few globes here. Oh, that one's half working and that one's not working because it looked a bit dark up here. I thought, just twist them a bit. Sometimes it works. Doesn't work. <laughs> but in old times, for those people who used to live when we didn't have electricity, what did you do? Yeah, <laughs> you did the wick. You, you trimmed it. Turned it up a little bit and chopped the top off. What does it make, make it do? Brighter? Less smelly? <laughs> less kerosene coming up? Yeah, all those, or kerosene oil, whatever you used in them. Remember Pastor Goff? What was one of his favourite things? <laughs> Thank you, Doug. <laughs> you were around. He had kerosene heaters in the church. <sighs> He'd come open the door. There's no flu. There's just burning the kerosene in the church. And I think the wicks needed trimming or something. <laughs> the burners needed drilling out. But <clears throat> you have to trim it to make it brighter. Trim it so that people can uh, be used for it. How many of us are not trimming our lamps? We're not ready. We're saved. They all had to do it. But we need to be constantly trimming. How do you trim your spiritual lamp? If we're told to trim it, what are we to do? Well, let's look at a few verses. Luke chapter 12 and verse 35. Well, th this sort of repeats but puts it in a bit different. As Matthew puts it, he puts it a little differently. Luke chapter 12 and verse 35. Let your loins be girt about and your lights burning. And ye yourselves like men that wait for the Lord. There's a clue. Always be ready for the bridegroom to come, waiting for the Lord when he will return from the wedding. Notice this. He's already gotten married. The service has happened. And he's returning from the wedding. And these people are to be ready for that. And that's why we're talking about Jewish people and anyone else that will believe in that time. That when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. So you see how it's put different to, than what Matthew puts it? Mm. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. Supper time. <laughs> Marriage feast. Mm. And he shall come in the second 
Effie shall come in the second watch or in the third watch and find them so blessed are those servants. And this know that if the good men of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken into. Be ye therefore ready, trimmed. (laughs) Also for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. Let's go to another verse, Colossians, this time chapter 3. Having our trimmed wicks. (laughs) This is Colossians chapter 3. It speaks of it in Ephesians as well. And you'll know as soon as you get there what it's speaking about. Having our wicks trimmed. (laughs) And verse 5. Mortify, therefore, the first word gives the clue. Make dead, mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affection, evil con. Cupiscence and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. Trim it. Get rid of those things in which ye also walked in times past and lived in them. That's the old man, the old nature, the old way of life. But now, but now ye also put off all these. And this is some things that we do at times as Christians. Anger. Trim anger, trim wrath, trim malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man. That's uh, like trimming it. Trim the wick, the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, new bright light that is renewed in knowledge after him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, and go on down to verse 12, put on therefore, down in verse 14, these things put on. And so there's the things to put on and to put off. This is trimming, trimming our wicks. It's in Ephesians 5, 8 to 17 as well. And what shall the silly virgins ask? In verse 8, back in Matthew chapter 25. The foolish virgin said unto the wise, Give us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. Well, of course we're not going to give you our oil. Go buy your own. <clears throat> Both at the rapture and the revelation, there will be those that realize it's too late. Give us your oil. There's no time to change your mind, the songwriter put. The king has come and you've been left behind. The groom arrives. They answer saying, not so, lest in verse 9, there be not enough for us and you. But go to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and they they that were ready went in with him to the marriage And that is referring to the marriage supper, as we saw in Luke and Revelation. And the door was shut. And so the groom arrives and the door is shut. There's no squeezing in. There's no putting your foot in the door. There's no trying to get in before it's shut. It shuts and it shuts quickly, immediately. The foolish don't only miss the rapture, they miss the reception. They miss the service and they miss the supper. The service is where the, the, the official marrying of the church to the bridegroom, the bride to the bridegroom during the tribulation, and then the supper to follow the kingdom. They miss both of those. They are shut out. Now the mistaken claim, as we go to verse 11, afterward came also the other virgin saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. 
Watch ye therefore, for ye know not neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man cometh. So there's an appeal in verse 11 and 12. What was they that they desired that they, he open unto us? Lord, Lord, open unto us. A frightening prospect as you consider this. They realize as soon as a person dies who is not a Christian, they realize. How many have we said, like, you know, a famous scientist or someone that's very intellectual, uh, evolution man, what's his name? Darwin. Darwin. The moment he died, the door was shut and the realization was there. This is eternity. Can't change. And it's not annihilation. It's in this place called hell forever. And how many of our friends, folks, and how many of our family are going out into that eternity? Isn't it frustrating when they won't listen? When they just, they shut the door. They shut the door, Revelation 3.20, they shut the door. They don't open the door. They won't open it to the Lord Jesus. A frightening prospect. Let's be praying fervently. Brother Ross, and effectually, I know he repeats these verses, pray that they would get saved. Pray that their eyes would be open. Pray that they would no longer wander on in their sin and the oblivious to what could happen instantly. People travelling down the road have accidents. People have heart attacks. These things happen to us. We're just mortal. But if you're unsaved, it's a dangerous thing to... You're walking on thin ice, as we say. Frightening prospect. Lord, Lord, open to us. And what will they hear? The answer coming back. Never knew you. Door shut. Invitation's over. I don't think Winston and Hannah will do that if someone's been invited and they come a little late Got stuck in the traffic? <laughs> no, you're not invited. Get out of here. <laughs> door shut. <laughs> but they do have ushers at the door and uh, make sure the right ones come <laughs> and show them their seats. And yeah, you, you go into a reception and what do they have at a reception? What was the last wedding? Jessica and Andrew, I think. What did they have at the, at the door before you went in the room? A table, they had a big, what are they called? Notice board thing with, well, yeah, a table, that's right, yeah, I, I get you. <laughs> they had, where you sit. And when this happens, will you be seated there? Will your name be on a table <laughs> for the supper? And he will gird himself and he will serve us. Not only that he saves us and strengthens us and gives us a spirit in this life, but he will gird himself in service. The last thing, almost one of the last things Jesus did was do exactly that in this life, wasn't it? He girt himself with a towel and washed the disciples' feet. He served. Go and do as I've done, he said. Happy is the people that do exactly that. That helps you to get out and serve other people and minister to them. And so there's appeal. Please open to us. Frightened. I, uh, you've probably had doors slammed in your face if you've been knocking on doors. 
I remember with Pastor DeYoung at Calvary Baptist Church, we went out knocking on doors there. I know the suburb. <clears throat> and we knocked on the door. Now, Pastor DeYoung's bigger than me. And they opened the door, and this huge bloke turned out. And we reckon this is one of those wrestler fellas that's on TV and all that. <laughs> and we thought, mm -hmm. okay, we're here to tell him. And we told him about the Lord, and he was quite receptive. <laughs> he didn't get out of here. But some places they just don't want to hear. They get angry when you tell them about the Lord Jesus. And you get to the point where you're a sinner and you need to be saved. That's when they usually balk there. I'm not a sinner. I'm a good person. Oh, and the door's shut. But one day the door will be shut on them too. And we mentioned it this morning, didn't we? That the <clears throat> Noah's day, God shut the door. And I've notes down here where we could go and look at where God shuts the door of opportunity. There's one church that had an open door, the Philadelphian church in Revelation 3 and verse 7. And, and the Lord said, no man can shut your door of opportunity to go out and minister. And we've seen that in history. The church door, the, door, the world was open to the church and it went out and the missionary movements and everything happened in those days and great things happened. But it seems a lot of those doors are closing, aren't they? A lot of countries are closing their doors. God opened the door in Russia, didn't he? Even our lifetime, for a brief period. God opened the door even in China. Now it's shutting. But what about our house door? There's, there's, more, do there's more about doors, isn't there, than we, than we studied this morning. There's the doors of opportunity as well. The doors of opportunity to get saved. The doors of opportunity to serve. When we get older, now you think of it, when, if we're older here, what do you think back and think? Opportunities missed. No strength, no time to go back and do it. I just can't get up and do it. I haven't got it. And they pray for the youth that they may realise early that this is an opportunity that they shouldn't miss. And uh, opportunities that we've missed. I think of quite a few financial ones. <laughs> But then I said, I'm a pastor. I really shouldn't be involved in getting into that sort of thing. Uh, I still hear Brother Weeks' uh, voice in my ear. We drove down to Doctor's, Doctor's Point, <laughs> down in Albury, if you don't know where it is. And that farm was for sale. I just keep driving past and having a look at what they're doing to my farm. <laughs> it was 100 acres right on the river. It could have been fished all day and all night. <laughs> it had a sand pit, a gravel pit that I could have done. I knew all about how to do that stuff. <laughs> and, and the sieves and all that. <clears throat> and it had a turf farm, if you remember back then. And it had a, about an 18-inch pump out of the river, huge amount of water, and, and a license to pump it. The water rights, you know what? Water, water rights are now, this year, selling for four, not selling, for one year for $400 a megalitre because water is scarce. And you can sell it for a year and get that income. If you've got 30, 300 megalitres, you can sell it for $400. You start with... Anyways, <laughs> last opportunity. And Brother Weeks said, buy it, brother. How did he say it? <laughs> buy it. It had a house on, an old red brick house. They put a new house when the people that got the privilege of buying it. And it was only $170,000. 
<laughs> right in town. What a campsite. <clears throat> and, the, and the hard part was when I was working for Nelson McIntosh out at Yakandanda. He's the bridge builder for all the, the freeway. It, it builds uh, those big beams underneath the bridge. And we were talking about something. That property came up. And I said it, it, he said it sold recently. He was looking at it. He didn't get it. And I said, how much? He said, oh, two million. <laughs> and then I started really kicking <laughs> myself. <laughs> but we probably wouldn't have sold it. <laughs> you see, they're lost opportunities. And you, that's just physical. But what about spiritual opportunities? And, and my thought then was, I'm a pastor. I don't want to be distracted from ministry. It would have been a lovely place to raise the kids. <laughs> but... What about spiritual things? You see, that's temporary. The Murray will go. Australia might be out of the picture. All burn up. Then what? Then eternity. Then souls. People left behind. Don't be a virgin without oil. May we be all filled with the Holy Spirit, not praying for it, just obeying the scriptures. As you know, as the Lord has taught you, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man comes. Just be ready. <clears throat> we might lose out on physical things, but the worst thing is to lose out on spiritual matters in our life. And, and the next sermon, which is in a couple of weeks, will be on the talents. And that follows the same thought. The Lord Jesus is saying, you asked me the question, I gave you the answer, this is what you should do, chapter 25, because of knowing the Lord's coming. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing, the word. Open it to our hearts. Let us live the truth. Let us obey the Spirit. Let us be filled with your Holy Spirit, the oil, that we may be, as it were, a well-oiled machine personally, without sin, trimming our lamps, burning brightly, set on a hill like a city that can be seen all around. And bless each one that's here tonight with the powerful testimony that they can have if they so do. Let us look and watch and wait. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.